0: Hello, and welcome to New Books in Performing Arts, a podcast from the New Books Network. I'm Andy Boyd. Today we're talking to Nasser Ramaninajad about his book, A Man of the Theater, Survival as an Artist in Iran, out from New Village Press. Nasser, thanks for being on the program.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: I, I really enjoyed your memoir a lot. I've recommended it to a number of my friends, and I'd, uh, I'd like to know... Uh, How did you come up with the idea of writing a memoir?
1: uh, It's, uh, it's, uh, I started actually, uh, you know, uh, thinking about my memoir, uh, probably about twenty, twenty five years ago. And, uh, So, it it developed gradually in my mind. Uh, And so, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, only in my mind. Uh, I had a lot of notes, actually, uh, but not organized. It was unorganized and scattered everywhere in my stuff, Mm -hmm. writing stuff. Uh, but much later I reached to the conclusion that I I should consider my memoir uh, as a testimony and myself uh, as a witness. Uh, So I must testify the evil deeds they violently impose on, on my generation including myself, you know. And, so, uh, go ahead, please.
0: And when you speak of the, the evil deeds they imposed, you're speaking uh, both of uh, the the regime prior to the 79 revolution in Iran and after. You were a victim of persecution from both regimes.
1: Yes, yes, both. Both evils, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but, but at the same time, uh, it had, uh, ha- has happened many times uh, when uh, talking with friends about my experiences, my work of art, and also uh, the obstacle and difficulties uh, I experienced, uh, as you mentioned, during both r- regime, actually. Uh, so uh, um, when I was talking about my experience uh, especially my American friends, they usually encouraged me to write about my experiences Mm.
2: you
1: know, so, uh, but the project uh, really didn't start until Early 2000, when a friend of mine, an American friend, Kathleen R., uh, whose family knew me, my life and my past and everything, suggested that uh, we meet once a week in the afternoon, for example, and you tell me the story of your life, and I will write everything down. Mm. So, And later we can edit it and see what we can do with it. So that was uh, how it, it started my memoir.
0: This makes sense to me because you're a, you're a man of the <laughs> theater, as your book says, so it would make sense that you would feel more comfortable telling your story out loud than you would sitting in a computer <laughs> writing it.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it has many benefits. One of them was uh, when I went through again and again reading, I I felt the voice. It was my voice. It it, it was different if I wanted to sit and write it down myself, Mm you know.
0: Could you tell us a bit about how you became interested in theater?
1: Oh, uh, you know, uh, I became familiar uh, with the theater in early age, when I was a little boy uh even before i go to to school no uh, 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 yeah, yeah
0: uh. you you mentioned sort of um traditional forms of theater and storytelling that would be performed uh on on platforms above the wells in the neighborhoods Could
1: you describe those a bit? Yeah, let me. When when I was, uh, it was uh, fifth grade. Uh, At the time, I was familiar with theater and mostly Iranian traditional theater. And I used to go with my father to uh, establish professional theater, which uh, in this theater, two uh, very close uh, relatives of my father were acting. They were two brothers. uh, One of them, Abdul Wahab Shahidi, who was very close to my family, my father, uh, he was a singer and musician also. Uh, I get familiar in this from this point on when, as I uh, said before, I go to a, a elementary school. And I knew theater, but mostly we were fam- familiar with traditional Iranian theater. Uh, which is uh, an improvisation way of, there is no script uh, in this theater. And it has a main character uh, who is a a black servant who is serving a family, a Haji family. Haji, you know, it's a Muslim who, uh, is wealthy, and I uh, can afford to do a pilgrimage to Mecca. So <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, I use uh, uh, my brother, when I was in fifth gra- grade, my brother formed a theater group uh, uh, by the kids, the neighborhood kids, and we used uh, to do uh, uh, plays uh, in in the traditional Iranian uh, style, which were familiar with the story, with the characters, and in, in, uh, it, it was improv. And I used to play the black servant, which has a different accent, is funny is relaxed, is, is sometimes, most of the time during the play, uh, he pretend that he doesn't understand some words and he plays with the word and make fun of his master. It is very funny and it's a charming character for uh, our audience. And usually uh it is considered as a uh, as a hero as a the symbol of masses mm. this character yeah
0: it seems like it's almost a metaphor for your later work doing progressive political theater that it's a, you, you from a young age you were playing this servant who was outsmarting the upper classes
1: yes, uh, yes. yes. And I did the same character again in 1986 in France. A friend of uh, mine, who is a playwright who lives in Paris, he uh, metaphorically uh, wrote a play about the uh, exile and uh, he took that character and another character as a yeah, a metaphorical character for uh, art and artists and culture and everything, uh, who was beautiful and good after 1979 revolution went to exile. And mm. I did that character again in this play.
0: That's fascinating. Um, yeah. You write in the memoir about the a lot of the theater artists who you admired were associated with the Day Party, the Communist Party of Iran. Was it through yeah. theater that you became interested in left-wing politics?
1: Of, uh, not exactly, although I had uh uh, I, I inspired by them, especially by the director and founder of this uh, theater group, uh, Abdul Hussein Nusheen. Yeah, uh, I... Uh, how I can say, because... Uh, because I liked theater very much from early age, and especially during my high school, I knew that my future would be in theater. Mm -hmm. And I I couldn't imagine myself uh, other than an actor, a theater actor. So I looked for material, uh, which was very rare. We had only two, books. One of them was from Nushin, this uh, uh, director, and he was also involved in politics in to the party, the uh, Communist Party of Iran. Uh, uh, he was a member of the Central Committee of the Party. and. Uh, Their theater actually was one of the most uh, famous theater and the most influential theater group that started actually the modern, new Western-style theater in Iran, establishing that style in Iran, actually. Yeah, I, I... inspired somehow, not politically, more artistically. And so, yeah, that was a main influence I had in my young age.
0: Right, so it was the artistic influence first and then the politics came later.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. Um, Later you created your own theater company, What was it like creating theater under the regime of the Shah? Oh,
1: it it was very difficult. Very difficult because of many obstacles. Uh, The main was censorship. And, uh, yeah, we... I actually, from... How I can say, from when I could uh, understand yeah. uh, people, society, and politics, I was interested, especially after I, my experience with uh, the theater, I was working with anahita Theater. I had in my mind that I, if I could do theater first, I have to do my, in my theater group, I have to create my own theater group. So, and I had some principles for my uh, theater group. And when I started to contact with friends who I knew from a previous theater and we had discussion a lot and finally we agreed with uh, certain principles of, of our own theater group. Uh, we started to work, uh, and, uh, but we had, as I said, uh, many, many difficulties, uh, first censorship and later because we were independent I wanted to be really independent, not affiliated, no relationship with the government. So uh, other than censorship, we always had difficulties with venues. We have to rent venues and we couldn't have a long run show. The, The venues we could rent it was a few auditoriums in the universities and a few cultural centers like Iran American Society during the Shah and uh, Iran and France Cultural Center and a German cultural center called Goethe Institute. So we couldn't have uh, their venues for long show. Mm -hmm. We could have only one or at the most two weeks. That was another difficulty and financial difficulty was another. But censorship, however, was the most critical problem for us. Even if you had gone through the volatile process of the censoring and having a license for putting your your show on on a stage, still there were security institutions like SABAT, a police information section, uh, a section in the police department like FBI here in the United States, and the Ministry of Information. All these were watching everywhere for so-called political or suspicious activities. Mm-hmm. So with all these difficulties and problems we had, we needed really to have a really strong artistic motivation, uh, a strong social leave, uh, will. Uh, to to determine and to create uh, an artistic mood, an artistic uh, 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 environment for work. Uh, So we really had to be ready to fight against all odds, any obstacles uh, of, of our work. So... Yeah, we had uh, many difficulties, uh, but the censorship, especially after the revolution during the Islamic regime, which is a, it's another story, it's a hell, really. Uh, we had these difficulties.
0: It's very clear that you put a lot of thought into what plays you would perform, and one of i i don't know if it was the first play or one of the first plays was arthur miller's play incident at vichy which yes. which is about the uh nazi regime in 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 france during world war 2 uh what appealed to you about this play
1: well yeah the, the the incident at vichy was the first play the opening play of my theater group in uh, 1968 when I actually uh, bring in other friends, other actors for my previous, to to develop my previous theater group, Mare, I wanted really to have a good, powerful play for the uh, inaugural uh, uh, play of our uh, theater group.
0: Yeah, for the inaugural, for the first play, you wanted it to be a, yeah. a really powerful yeah. work. Yeah.
1: So uh, I I I was looking for many many plays. I, the, the, this this time was actually the second uh, revol uh, play. Uh, Performance. It was revival in 1968. The first time it was in 1966, <clears throat> we performed uh, Miller's play. Uh, I looked for long, almost a year, and probably more than 100 plays I went through and I was not satisfied with uh, many of them because other than play itself, we had the kind of limitation. For example, one of them was uh, we didn't have uh, actresses. It was really difficult at the time to have actresses. Women were really a, a few in Iranian stage at the time. So we needed, uh, we have a uh, all-man character play. <clears throat> and Miller's play, uh, I, I was going different libraries, different places, asking different people. Finally, I went to a big publishing house that I thought probably they had a library over there. I talked to the director of Publishing House and I told him why I am here and what I am looking for. He listened to me carefully. Uh, he, he, he was one of the best Iranian translators uh, from English to Persian and one of our really great uh, writers. Mm. And he told me, I came back recently from United States and I brought with me a play of Arthur Miller. I'm going to give it to you to see if you like it, you can translate and perform it. That was, I, have, I found Miller's play and wow. I, I, I am still very happy I could find this play and did it really.
0: Yeah, there was a theater in New York that did this play a few years ago. I think it was during 2017, the first year of Trump's presidency, and it seemed very relevant for that time. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, that's true, that's true.
0: Was that part of uh, the motivation that you wanted, you hoped your audience would see the parallels between the Nazi regime and the regime of the Shah?
1: Oh, you know... Yeah, most audience actually had that get that kind of feeling from the play. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. But our interpretation was different. Our interpretation was the, you know, what is the responsibility of a man when he or she is in a crucial moment of his life. You know, Mm -hmm. in this play, uh, I'm sure you know very well the the play, the Prince Von Berg, which is one of those uh, prisoners, one of those people who was arrested by French police, he is a wealthy a prince, a Austrian prince. Uh, they uh, arrested him by mistake. I, I, I don't know how. But when he get the pass to go out, actually it's free, he gave his pass to the Dr. Leduc, who is a Jewish guy, and certainly he was one of them who can uh, uh, take to the uh, concentration camp. Mm. And he, the prince actually saved his life, and he stayed there himself, the prince. This is a moment that... Uh, I myself, actually, when I was arrested and under torture, that was my feeling. How I can save myself and my friends when I am in this crucial situation, under this kind of pressure, under torture. You know, that was our interpretation from the play.
0: Um, Yeah, thank you. Um, you. One thing that I didn't realize before reading your book uh, was that there were left-wing groups trying to overthrow the regime of the Shah before the 1979 revolution. I, I feel like so much of the time, you know, we project how history ended up on the past, and so we think... the the revolutionary movement was all Islamists, but actually there were many socialists and communists involved in that movement as well. Uh, and you, when you were put into Kassar prison, you encountered people from both of these groups who had formed something that you called a a prison commune. Uh, could you, this, I found this totally incredible. The idea that you would have, you know, these Marxists living and working alongside these Islamists and even some people switching between the two groups. So could you describe what it was like living in that prison and and even you even directed plays inside the prison?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, as you you know, there were two different guerrilla groups, Muslim and Marxist. And uh, when... I was arrested in 1972 and uh, sentenced to one year in prison. And after a month under interrogation, they transferred me to gas Prison, where uh, there was uh, two political prisons, number three and number four. I was in number three. Prison, and most of the guerrillas were there, actually. So, uh, I thought uh, every Friday night after dinner from 8 o'clock to 9 p.m., we had sitting and uh, people singing regional songs uh, from different uh, states, uh, uh, Bakhdiari, Lori, Kurdish, Turkish, Bandari, and different kind of regional songs. I thought this is a very good time, good uh, 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 uh,
0: opportunity,
1: to... opportunity, yeah, yeah to uh, uh, do theater here. I talked to a few uh, 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 friends, prisoners, and they didn't recommend me really do theater because, because at that time there was, a, you know, a guerrilla mentality over there, mm-hmm. and they told me they don't accept art and <laughs> poetry and. I I thought, so I I can probably do something. And I wrote a kind of lecture. It wasn't lecture. It was a kind of lecture about uh, the daily life of prison and the difficulties prisoners have and the ratio the commune had for prisoners, especially secret, is not enough for each day. And then gradually I went to the uh, uh, the cultural life of prison and uh, the prisoners before, and those guerrillas who were writers, poets, and artists, I bring them in and talking about them, and I could, you know, make a make a connection. connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a connection between art and the struggle and politics. And the atmosphere, a little bit, I could see the audience, the prisoners, uh, their face were changing, and then the it was accepted, and I started to do theater. Adaptation from Chekhov, from Saltikov Chedrin, and writing myself about the uh, commune, uh, like uh, uh, one of those plays was very uh, critical of the commune, actually, uh, the way they the responsible people were doing daily life of the commune. Yeah, it it was very good. I did really, uh, during one year, I did 10 short plays, and it was accepted.
0: 10 plays is a pretty good season.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh,
0: So you were arrested after one of a rehearsal for one of your plays along with other members of your theater company. Do you believe that the secret police thought you were a gorilla? They said that your theater company was actually a, a, a front for a guerrilla group. Do you th- believe that they thought that, or do you think they were really just punishing you for making well, progressive theater? Oh,
1: the, you know, uh, they there's, they were suspicious that we knew certain guerrillas, mm. Because before that, I was arrested because of uh, my friendship with two uh, guerrillas. But I could justify and somehow uh, uh, get out of the prison. But... Uh, but they they were not really 100% sure that uh, we know or we have very close uh, friendship and relationship with with them. So, uh, but at the same time during that time, which was 1973 and 74, the Savat wanted to really uproot uh, all different kinds, grilas and non-grilas, political and uh, moderate and radical oppositions in Mm -hmm. Iran. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were arresting uh, uh, randomly people on the streets. Mm. So we somehow uh, trapped in that uh, the plot, in that plan, in that uh, project Sobok had for really uh, finishing with all kind of, of opposition. and uh, But, uh, but uh, we were not, we, we knew some, especially me, uh, I had friendship with one of the most uh, guerrilla who were after him for years from high school, and our friendship continues uh, 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 for long after, right before a year before I was arrested, mm. and he was he was in hidden at the time, mm. and they. Were looking for him. That was one of the reasons I uh, was on really, very hard time during the interrogation.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, how, so you knew people who were in the leftist resistance in the guerrilla groups, and yes. they tried to get you to tell to, to, to inform on them. For years, through very brutal torture, I'm curious. Um, and if you if you don't feel comfortable answering, that's fine. But how were you able to withstand that torture and and refuse to betray your friends?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. You know, as I said, uh, you you know the. Well, different people with different, uh, those are who active, political activists, and are member or sympathizer or have connection with the uh, political organization. Uh, It depends on their level of position in the organization, it depends on their uh, level of responsibility, or how they active in uh, where. For example, some of them are are not uh, are not uh, in secret or in uh, hidden. Mm. They are openly working and uh, like any other people. Uh, these people are different than those who are in real cell and they are active in uh, specific homes and always ready uh, to confront with the uh, uh, Agents,
0: so there was an above ground and then a kind of underground resistance. Ex-
1: exactly. Movement. Yeah. Exactly. So <clears throat> you need to have in interrogation uh, uh, a kind of understanding of your situation and the approach of agents and interrogator, and you can have your own strategy how to approach in interrogation my approach was just accidentally i was friend with them and our relationship was limited mostly we were talking about art uh, especially theater which was my profession and nothing in politics, and uh, the main things it was for me, actually, it was a principle of moral, and how I can go out with background that is not clean. You know, yeah. I wanted. I wanted to be clean, I wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, follow my uh, moral principles.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mostly it was that.
0: You wanted to be able to walk out of prison with your head held high in a way.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And what was it, how did you feel when you were finally released from prison after four years?
1: Of uh, so uh we uh, honestly we were not ready mm. because yeah we <clears throat> we knew that of uh, uh, because people were out there, they were uh, uh slogans against the shop, dead to the shah yeah over the we knew that. Uh, a big change is coming. But at the same time, we were not ready to be free that mm. soon. Mm. And this is one of the reasons leftists failed in the revolution.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They participate hardly. Leftists w- were the most important uh, forces against the Shah's regime. Mm-hmm. I remember <clears throat> after the revolution, I was going to get a passport to come to Europe for my heart surgery in the passport office, a police, when the day I went to get my passport, was issued and ready to get my passport. I found all the other behind the counter a police has a passport and calling me and asking me come from the door inside Mm. and I knew him. He was one of the prison guards in prison and when I went in Beyond the Counter, he said, this is your passport. Is ready. I'm going to give it to you. But I have a question and I need you honestly answer my question. I said, okay, what is your question? He said, when you were in prison, we thought you are the one, if anything's changed in Iran, you are the one you are going to get, to get the power, in, mm. in, in, in the power. What happened? How these mullahs came to the power?
2: Yeah.
1: That was really the question. I said, Mr. Arba, I knew her, his name. <clears throat> This is a very complicated and critical question. I don't think anybody have the answer. Probably later we can find the answer. Please give me my passport. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. what was one, no. so perhaps one reason why... Uh, the, the left was not able to seize power after the revolution was that the left had been so harshly repressed under the Shah, which maybe allowed the mullahs and the Islamists to gain influence among everyday Iranian people in a way that the left was unable to. Do you think that was part of the equation there?
1: That was one of the important part of the equation. Yeah, because... After 1953, CIA coup
0: that overthrew Mossadegh uh, because he was trying to nationalize the oil, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The repression were harsh, Mm -hmm. especially on leftist people, because they were arrested. All members of to the party. And this and, was
0: the Cold War. That's the context Here is Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's what um, I, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. During 25 years from 1953 to 1979, it was a very harsh pressure and repression on uh, lefties and even nationalist moderate people. Uh, 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 because national- Mossadegh
0: wasn't really a leftist, right?
1: No, he was not a leftist. He was he more was- of a moderate nationalist. Exactly. Yeah. He, he was the leader, not officially, but uh, uh, authoritatively. He was the leader of National Front
2: mm-hmm.
1: of Iran.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, the Shah repressed all of these people except mullahs, except Mm -hmm. Islam. Mm -hmm. Mullahs had everything. Money, their shrine, their mosque, and their prayer every day, every night, every week, everywhere. So they could really have a very uh, vast Connection with people with masses
2: mm-hmm.
1: and left just uh, got released from prison two months before revolution <laughs> yeah they couldn't organize themselves yeah they couldn't do anything and as you uh, were rightly mentioned, it was the cold war era mm-hmm. The Soviet Union was there and the Cold War was inactive. The United States didn't want leftists or nationalists come to the power. They made a deal with Mullahs. Mm-hmm. And very fast before the revolution, the, the movement, uh, revolutionary movement actually developed its pace. The, the, uh, the United States made deal with Mullahs and everything uh, ended uh, with uh, ceremony, with uh, flower, yeah. and yeah, that kind of thing.
0: So the United States helped to install the Shah, but then also helped to install the Ayatollah after the Shah was deposed.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I yes.
0: feel like I'm starting to understand why so many Iranians don't like the United States. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: yeah yeah um, you do describe though I mean you say that you didn't that the left didn't have time to organize uh, before the revolution, but you do describe a scene at the University of Tehran that seems like it was very uh, full of hope. You describe people yes. discussing Marx, listening to Victor Hara, the Chilean folk singer, singing and, leftist uh, songs. Was there a, a feeling uh, at that moment that, that maybe you really could uh, take over the state and and move Iran mm-hmm. in a more progressive direction?
1: Yes, yes, especially to the party. And after to the party, another organization, the Fedayan, who changed their strategy from uh, uh, how I can say, from guerrilla to the political type of strategy. They had a very strong hope they can change it because they had a kind of of uh, analysis or I should say Leninist analysis of the situation mm-hmm. that the, the the Mullahs or they called they didn't call Mullahs they called the uh, Petit Bourgeois mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the, the traditional traditional Petit Bourgeois they can develop during their because they believe revolution is con continual. Mm-hmm. And they can develop, they can change. It was a kind of delusion. Yeah. To me.
0: So it, they believed that the that the 79 revolution was sort of a, a bourgeois revolution?
1: P- p- traditional petit bourgeois. Yeah.
0: Revolution. Yeah. So yeah. they and they even supported the regime set up by the mullahs at first, right?
1: Yes, yes, they supported, and even they supported many killing uh, two years after revolution. Uh, Islamic Republic started.
0: So there were so we can blame the repression under the Shah to a certain extent, but there were also very serious mistakes that the left made that made it possible for the Mullahs to take over.
1: Yes, yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you certainly, I get the sense in your book that even though you are maybe ideologically sort of more or less aligned with the two-day party, you had disagreements with them as well, both in theater and in politics.
1: Yeah, I I, I never, I, I should say that I never, I, I had a lot of friendship with uh, members of two-day party, mm-hmm. but I never had any, tendency any uh how i can i, I couldn't believe them i yeah. didn't see them their, their understanding the political understanding is right
2: yeah
1: in many uh, different occasions it happened even when i have in my book when oh, we had the uh Away in our theater group before we put on stage our play, uh, some friends came to see uh, our rehearsal when it was almost ready mm-hmm. to get their uh, opinion.
0: A dress rehearsal or something. Uh,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some of our friends were uh, today. Uh, Mm-hmm. Party members. They were not agree with the uh, the petit bourgeois. The uh, uh, Max, Maxim Gorky's play called Petit Bourgeois, or Smuggle uh, the other title of yeah. the, uh, Gorky's play, because they told us you are critiquing c- criticizing putti bourgeois in your play. Mm-hmm. But the petit bourgeois now are in prison. They are opposition of this regime. And I stand for that. I had a very strong disagreement with them. And they left after the show, the theater, after we had discussion about that, uh, not really happy. They were not happy. Yeah. No, I had friends. Although after the revolution, all these friendships ended. They mm. didn't have any relationship, and uh, because they had their own uh, party there, and they didn't need to have uh, other to the members. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So when did
0: you? come to realize that sort of the writing was on the wall, the, the revolution had not gone in the direction you had hoped, and you would have to leave Iran. What made you realize that? that?
1: Oh, uh, that was uh, when I could no longer to go out, out, outside in public, really. Mm. Because their agents were really right after me.
0: Yeah. You, know, you were being followed.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was hidden for last five to six months of, of living be, before I left Iran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I uh, in it is in my memory, I escaped with, uh, from mountain to Turkey and Kurdistan.
0: Yeah, you and, escape on horseback, right?
1: Yes. That's,
0: yes When when someone makes a movie of this book, that's going to be the climactic final scene.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: Nasser right. on horseback riding over the mountains. Right. <laughs> uh, and then when you came to the United States, what was your what were your feelings about coming to the United States? Because obviously, you know, the United States had supported regimes that had been very repressive. To you personally, and yes. also to your country, did did you have resentment towards the United States when you arrived here?
1: Uh, yeah. I think I should say yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I I I was ang- angry. Uh, uh, I have to say that I had resentment even before I came to United States. Mm-hmm. Let me be honest. Yeah, because not only because what United States did to my country, but also because the horrible policy it had and continues to have around the world, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, When, you know, when I'm talking about United States, uh, uh, of course, Uh, I'm not talking about the people of the United States. Sure,
0: yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the government, the policies of the government. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm
1: talking about the government and its policy because I have a lot of uh, really, really nice American friends and I uh, see they, they are open to know, to accept new things, to know new people. New culture uh, and things they, they, they are not the same as their government yeah like 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 most of the uh, countries around the world
0: like Iran as well, we shouldn't equate the Iranian people with the iranian exactly. government even
1: yes. exactly exactly
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. And then could you tell us a bit about your artistic work since leaving Iran? I I know you had a performance at Stanford University. I saw a video of that.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, You know, when I left uh, my country in uh, 1983, I went first to France Mm -hmm. as a refugee politic, as a political refugee. And I stayed there uh, about four years, and I tried to work, uh, to do theater work. Mm -hmm. And from the beginning, uh, I started to establish my own theater group, but uh, uh, it it was very difficult.
2: Yeah.
1: Very difficult, because... uh, uh, you all Iranians just came in, fled mm-hmm. the country and came mm-hmm. in, and they were busy with their refugee, yeah. bureaucratic stuff, administrative work. They needed to take care of um, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because the the future was not really clear for them, for none of us. Of
2: course, yeah.
1: Yeah, We had to, uh, you know, plan for our future, but we couldn't because there was nothing clear for us over there. So uh, I couldn't really establish a theater group, but I did four plays anywhere, anyway, with... uh, people who I knew before they were actors
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, active in Iran. And some of them I knew in in France, in Paris.
0: So other refugees uh, in Paris you performed with?
1: Yes. Wow, cool. And one of uh, the, the best play, every Iranian like it very much uh, called uh, Othello in Wonderland, hmm. which is about the censorship under Islamic Republic.
2: Hmm.
1: How a group, a theater group, wants to put on Othello, mm-hmm. and how Othello is changed in, in the hands of censors. Yeah. This is a satiric. Event. It's a comedy is the comedy satirical yeah. play. Yeah, it's uh, it's on YouTube also but it's not a, in a good uh, quality. Yeah, also. it's
0: hard to film theater and make it mm. look good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then um what are some misconceptions you think Americans have about Iran and the Iranian people?
1: Uh <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, we got close uh, up there to this. Uh, uh, yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's not only misconception; it is also uh, misunderstanding
2: mm-hmm.
1: or lack of knowledge. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, and this and this is because uh, the, the government politics mm-hmm. and probably mostly the corporate media in this country,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they spread wrong information about other people in the world yeah. because they, the government, they usually identify the people with the government yes and this kind of wrong knowledge uh, uh, you know through media goes everywhere and people mm-hmm. have some kind of misunderstanding really yeah but at the same time as i said there are a lot of majority of american they are open really yeah. to accept New culture, new people uh, and understand them yeah
0: and finally, as a last question, what do you hope readers will learn or discover from reading your memoir, a man of the theater
1: wow that's <laughs> the,
0: a big yeah, question I know take your time
1: yeah <laughs> big question yeah i I really Uh, hope that readers, especially the English-speaking readers, would realize that the stories about Iran in my memoir uh, are all true. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you why. Because they may be different from the information obtained from official sources
2: yeah.
1: like government or information that comes uh, from certain political organizations with a particular point of political view. You know, mm-hmm. I did not follow any political agenda in writing my memoir.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I did not want to induce any specific political view. Mm -hmm. My whole effort was to record what really happened and how I personally experienced those events. In my memoir, nothing is exaggerated, Nothing transformed, nothing diminished, for the purpose of, let's say, a specific political view. No. Mm-hmm. So, I also hope that the young Iranian generation will read this book and find that the generation before them, the generation that actually struggled to change. The unjust system in Iran suffered badly. Mm -hmm. They were deprived, went to prison, were tortured, and many lost their lives. They struggled not for establishing an Islamic regime, but for a better and a human system. They fought for social justice and freedom, not for these how I can say, corrupt and bloodthirsty mullahs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but unfortunately, it was not in the interest of Western politics, yeah. especially American imperialism, that Iran became a free and independent country. Mm-hmm. So the United States helped Mullahs to take power in 1979. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the brutal violence of the Islamic regime has caused the violence of the Shah's regime to be forgotten. Yeah. This is what the young generation of today in Iran needs to know yeah yeah well uh, thank
0: you, Nasser so much for your time and for your wonderful book, which is again, a man of the theater survival as an artist in Iran. it's it's my hope that these types of conversations can kind of help create a, a better understanding between people of different cultures and and maybe if maybe this yeah. will play some small part in uh, in um, you know facilitating uh, less tension between, between Iran and the United States.
1: I, I hope so. I hope so. And I, I, I believe it will be. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Again, I cannot recommend this book enough. So thank you so much for writing it.
1: Thank you very much, Andy, for having me. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Talk to you soon.